I went to a little school called Holy Rosary Grade School across from McClaymont Fire Hall. And all my buddies that came, either became a firefighter, a cop, or a priest. I wasn't qualified for any of them, so here I am. But, uh... <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's October 13th, 2022. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. If you have not subscribed, do me a favor. Go ahead and do it. Uh, and I've been told by our people, the data people over here at The Rubin Report, we've got data people, believe it or not, that yesterday was our biggest day across platforms ever, across audio, video, wherever you're watching. Yesterday was the biggest day in channel history, which is fantastic, uh, and the last 28 days, which is how uh, some of these things are measured, uh, have been like by far, by far, it's not even close, uh, our best 28 days. So I'm feeling good this morning. Things are good. I did change a uh, very poopy diaper, uh, but despite that, I'm here for you and we got a big show and perhaps more important than the numbers or the poop, uh, but the message that I have been sharing, more important than the poop, that's right. The message that I've been sharing of sort of this, uh, you don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat. The left has gone bananas. What would a sane America look like? Could we just revert back to say 15 years ago and let's get into equality for everybody and no more equity, no more woke stuff, no more chopping off kids nuts, all of that stuff. If we could just do that, uh, that we'd be in good shape. Well, the message seems to be permeating. Uh, as you know, Tulsi Gabbard yesterday, who was the last Democrat, do not forget this, as the media tries to destroy her, she was the last Democrat who stuck around in the Democrat primary against Joe Biden. Everybody else had dropped out, cut their deals to be in the administration or whatever it might be. Uh, she is now leaving the Democrat party. I think the writing on this one was on the wall for a long time and it has happened. Uh, she is not saying she's a Republican, but she's on the way. Uh, as you know, when I had that sit down just a couple days ago, a week or so ago with Bill Maher, uh, he said there are conditions under with which he could potentially vote for Ron DeSantis. Tulsi went on Rogan yesterday and they talked about the shift in all of this. So good stuff is happening. Uh, and of course, what that means is that the machine will put out the usual suspects to scare the hell out of you, but we are gonna insulate you from the scariness just a few weeks before Halloween. Uh, and before we get to any of that, let me talk to you guys about Moinkbox. Uh, did you know that 60% of US pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. There's a better way. I wanna tell you guys about Moink. That's moo plus oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers like our, Moink farms, Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did. And as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box like ribeyes or chicken breasts, pork chops, salmon fillets, and much more. Plus you can cancel anytime. My personal favorite is the filet mignon, which I will be cooking for the family this evening. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever had. And uh, Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus they guarantee, and this is a big one, you'll say oink oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. 
Keep America farming, keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time, spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben, moinkbox.com slash Ruben. Okay, so let's, let's get to it. There is momentum. There really is momentum. And in these moments, when we get a little momentum, when some sanity is pilfered out of the endless noise, we got to focus on that sanity and we have to amplify the sanity so other people go, oh my God, there are sane people out there and not everybody is completely nuts. So as you know, Tulsi Gabbard has now left the Democrat party. That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, In her video explaining it, which we showed some of it yesterday, she, uh, in quite detailed fashion, actually, explained why she is leaving the party and that they've become anti-American and elitist and she's had it with the woke stuff and the neo-racism and the anti-whiteness and all of that stuff. It really, in some ways, it felt like a summation of everything I've been trying to get across over here. So it was really, personally, it was nice to me, but putting aside me for a moment uh, at, a, at a sort of societal level or an American level, I think it was really, really fantastic and a message we needed to hear. Well, she went on Rogan yesterday uh, to talk about sort of where she's at, and then Rogan responded with where he's at. So I, there's, there's movement. There's movement happening within um, the Democratic Party. Leadership is going crazy. I think the Republican Party is, I don't know, they're, I think they're trying to figure out what, what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if they had someone like Ron DeSantis, who seems to be like the most reasonable amongst the, the potential candidates, he seems to be, you know, a, a pretty no-nonsense guy, not without his flaws, but it he's more reasonable than anything that I'm seeing on the left. Yeah. The, at least with his, the way he handled COVID. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where as it's all playing out, there's this sense of hopelessness because there's not a, like a clearly defined path where this country's ship gets righted. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I just see a lot of chaos and and a lot of confusion and a lot of infighting, and I don't know how this plays out. It doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a real clear, oh, this is our path to sanity. Okay, so first I want to start with what Rogan was saying there at the end. I actually think there is quite a clear path now. There is a very clean and straight line path, and that is through a mild reformation of the Republican Party, which is happening right now, right, with candidates like J.D. Vance and Blake Masters, with Ron DeSantis sort of being the steward of this new Republicanism, right? Maybe something uh, sort of adjacent to, say, uh, an old-school Reagan-style Republicanism and a desire not to run your life and inject you with things and lock you down and all that. So it's interesting that, you know, Rogan there, I'm giving him credit, like he's in essence, he's saying DeSantis is his guy. He's saying it's better than anything on the left. And and clearly he's the standard bearer right now of what's going on on the right or for Republicans. Um, You know, he's saying he's not without his flaws. I would love to know what he thinks those flaws are. He's a human being. So of course he's flawed. But as a governor, as the chief executive of this state, Uh, I can surely tell you as a new Floridian, things are pretty freaking fantastic here. And we showed you yesterday, the cleanup job that now is happening with Hurricane Ian is beyond imagination. This is something that if you would have told me 10 days ago, they would have the temporary bridge, this three mile bridge from Fort Myers to Sanibel Island that was crushed. I mean, blown away in certain parts, at least four parts, huge, huge chunks that uh, within two weeks, uh, they'd be getting trucks going across. They'd have power back on the island, all of these things. And, and Sanibel's just one small piece of the devastation over there. 
it couldn't have happened, but it can happen here in Florida. So I, I would love, and hopefully, and maybe, I think Joe's red pilling is just a little bit slower. I think he will get it. Again, this is a guy, he was a Bernie supporter, uh, you know, just four or so years ago. And then he ultimately ended up leaving California once he signed a $200 million deal because he realized, oh, there's a lot of taxes over in that California place. So he moved to Texas, right? So it's like, he's getting there. It's all good. It's all good. As I said with Bill Maher, we can all kind of get there at different spots. I'm going to keep poking the bear because that's what I can do because I think I got there. Uh, but that's, that's sort of, uh, that's where he's at. And then of course, to Tulsi's point, it's not the old Democrat party anymore. And I think for those of you that are watching this that have family members that are sane, good people, let's, let's be clear, not every Democrat is a whack job, wanna chop off your kids' nuts, wanna have equity over equality uh, uh, person, right? They're, they're just not. There are a lot of Democrats, and we all know them, who they just haven't really thought about the issue seriously. They've been bamboozled and confused by the mainstream media, which lies about everything. So again, this is why I do the show the way that I do it. We have to figure out ways to calmly explain to them. Uh, actually, you know, it turns out that those Republicans aren't really evil. It turns out that the government doesn't have a right to lock you in your home and, and all of that stuff. Uh, so let's continue here because there is, uh, wait, we have another Rogan in Tulsi? No, okay, we're gonna go into the other thing. I think we may have a little something else later. Uh, there's a lot of bad news for the Democrats right now, and that's why uh, Tulsi's getting ahead of it, I think. Um, here is an ABC panel discussing what Republicans will do uh, if the polls are this close. Terry, 30 days to the midterms, less than a month ago, the Democrats were feeling pretty hopeful about their chances. Do you still get that sense? Nope. I think the air went out of that <laughs> balloon, in, in part because, look, the economy is so tough for so many people. Food prices, rent spiking. If they've got retirement funds, those are evaporating. And even the issue of abortion, which did drive several special elections and that remarkable referendum result in Kansas, uh, while there are millions of people for whom that will be the number one issue, I just think the economic headwinds are so tough. Uh, and, and Biden is, he just doesn't have the oomph as a candidate anymore. People don't really want him around and he can't really make his case that, that I, I don't think the Democrats are in any better place. And I would also say in this country and in other countries, polls are broken, right? It is clear that lots of people on the right just don't answer anymore. They were worse in 2020 than they were in 2016. And so you look at those polls, it's close. If it's close, it's a Republican win. That's interesting, because you know you don't get a lot of good analysis, obviously, out of mainstream media. But when I let into the clip, I said, well, they're talking about what Republicans will do. I think one thing that Republicans, it's not even Republicans, Republicans, conservatives, you guys got it. Just sort of not the brainwashed NPC, non-playable character person. They're no longer answering polls. Uh, they also usually only poll by a landline. I haven't had a landline in 10 years, probably. When's the last time you guys had a landline? You got a landline over there? No landline? No landline? <laughs> no. Right, so the polling is just completely out of whack. Let's remember, the polling was also completely out of whack right before uh, Trump was elected because a lot of people didn't want to say that they, they didn't want to actually say they were going to vote for Trump and then obviously they did. Uh, so the reason I showed you that clip, it's like they still want to frame, main, mainstream always wants to frame or corporate press always wants to frame everything through how can we sort of save the Democrats? That's the idea there. But there's Moran basically being like, look, the economy is so banged up. Biden doesn't have oomph, right? Like this thing is so screwed up. He tries to sort of save them a little bit with abortion, but I don't know that the abortion thing 
is a winner for Democrats. I don't think that eight month abortions is a winner. I really don't. I think as I went into quite extensively yesterday, I think some moderate position on that, say 15 weeks, like many red states have, including here in Florida is probably the answer. And again, I actually read a bunch of comments yesterday. A bunch of you were saying, hey, there is no compromise on abortion. Murder is murder. I respect that personal belief system. And this is what the uh, the complex nature of having a pluralistic society is all about. We got to fit in all of our religious and spiritual beliefs and civil beliefs. And how do we match that with the constitution and all of those things? Okay. So what are they going to do as the polls, which again, it's hard to make sense of them. Uh, what are they going to do as the polls don't look great as high profile Democrats leave as a cultural tastemaker, like, Joe Rogan is basically like, yeah, I'm done with you guys too. And I kind of like the DeSantis guy. Uh, well, they're gonna try to scare the hell out of people. Here is MSNBC, televised mental institution, MSNBC. This is Chris Hayes. He looks like a Muppet. I don't know, maybe he's a Muppet. Maybe he's a Muppet. I'm not totally sure. Uh, saying that the Republicans are gonna destroy the economy to take out the Dems. Although I'm pretty sure the Democrats are in charge right now. The midterms only 27 days away. Republicans appear to think they have the advantage on the economy. Big part of that is just that the, the party that's out of power, uh, because the party that is out of power doesn't have the White House, will typically run against the status quo. And right now, a big part of the status quo is inflation. People don't like it. <laughs> According to the latest tracking poll, the economy is the number one issue people would like to hear candidates talk about ahead of abortion and immigration. But if the economy is the number one issue to voters, then there is one party that will have an incentive to make it better. And that party is the one that has the presidency, the Democrats. The other side, the Republicans have an explicit incentive to make the economy worse. And I will tell you, having covered the Tea Party Congress of 2011 amidst the recovery from the financial crisis, I feel confident in predicting that if Republicans win control of one or both houses of Congress, they will do everything in their power to sabotage the economy, to best set them up to retake the White House in 2024. That is such a level of abject nonsense that I think we would need to add a new level to the levels that we got, okay? Uh, first off, let me just address the thing with the Tea Party there. The Tea Party movement, which of course the mainstream media called racist and bigot and all of that stuff, was about lowering taxes, and states' rights and abiding by the Constitution. That's it. The media made it sound like it was a bunch of white supremacists rallying around crazy Ron Paul and to take over the country or something like that. They wanted to actually help the economy by not spending more than we have. Just looking at the books and going, hey, something ain't right here. Can we go back to those original documents? Uh, the next or the beginning part of what he says is also completely out of whack because it is the Democrats that have destroyed the economy. Who is in charge right now? He does at least acknowledge who is in charge. Who decided to do the Inflation Reduction Act? Now, some Republicans voted for it too, which is why it's not like Republicans are so great, which again is why I always say, you cannot be a Democrat, uh, but you don't have to be a Republican. You don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat, right? I'm not saying you have to be a Republican, but pretty much you gotta vote for him now so we can get over this thing and then figure it out after. The idea that somehow the Republicans will come in and then just make the, the economy that much worse so that a Republican could wield his, you know, just, you know, rampage through in 2024 is just nuts. And the Republicans don't need to do it because the Democrats already did it. Oh, and you might remember, we've got a little compilation for you, that there was a whole series of Democrats 
that wanted to lock down the economy and kick people out of their jobs and make sure that the machine uh, does not work, that you can't go to a job, you can't put food on the table, and you'd become more dependent on the system. Do we have a compilation about that? We do? Well, hot diggity dog. Would you go the route that Bill Gates is recommending, which is essentially is, would you recommend to governors at, at every state to essentially lock for, down in order for, for a period for, of several weeks? For the time being, I would, yes, because here's the point, and you talked about it last night, Anderson. You don't know who doesn't have it. The fact that we're cracking down on people traveling between homes or planting or um, landscaping or golfing really for a couple more weeks isn't going to meaningfully impact people's ability to do it because the snow will do that in and of itself. Not an on and off switch, but a dimmer switch. Facing an unprecedented surge in new coronavirus cases, California Governor Gavin Newsom Wednesday announced the state was rolling back openings and reimposing lockdown restrictions. In L.A. and 18 other counties, representing over 70 percent of the state's population, Newsom will close indoor operations of restaurants, bars, movie theaters, wineries and zoos for at least three weeks. Uh, we also have to be clear on who is responsible for each element of the opening. The president said last night that he has total authority for uh, determining how and when states reopen. That is not an accurate statement. But I don't regret saying that the only way we could have really stopped the explosion of infection was by essentially, um, I want to say shutting down, I mean essentially having the physical separation and the kinds of recommendations that we've made. But you've been a big fan of Cuomo and the shutdown in New York. Okay. You've lauded New York for their policy. New York had the highest death rate in the world. How yeah. could we possibly be jumping up and down and saying, oh, Governor Cuomo did a great no. job. He had the worst death rate in the world. All right. I assure you guys, we could have shown you a much longer compilation of that, but you have lives. You're functioning people. You have things to do. We don't want to belabor the point. You get it. These were all Democrats, the few bastions of freedom for those two years were Republican run states like Florida and South Dakota and Texas, Tennessee, et cetera, et cetera. So who destroyed the economy? As Chris Hayes is talking about the economy, it, not only is it the people who locked down and also remember, uh, Donald Trump was president during the beginning of COVID. They were calling him Hitler. And then they were also saying that he should use federal authority to lock everybody down. So they wanted Hitler to have more power. And the reason that they can make that jump so easily is they only care about power. The left is only based on how can we attain and exercise power. That's it. It has nothing to do with individual rights or freedom or anything else like that. So it was the Democrats who destroyed the economy on top of the ridiculous last two years of what we've done to energy and supply chain and the Inflation Reduction Act, which was just spending more money that actually increased inflation and everything else. Oh, and hot damn, we did it again. You guys are on fire today. Here's a video of Chris Hayes calling for lockdowns. As the coronavirus continues to devastate this country, I am just finding it hard to hold my rage and my anguish together. We are watching a lack of action by the federal leadership of this country that feels almost criminal. No country on earth that has successfully suppressed the coronavirus in a distributed, privatized, federalized way. Nowhere on earth where the government just told localities and individuals to make choices for themselves. That didn't work for anyone. In fact, it's the opposite that's been successful. Look at Australia. 
They also adopted really strict measures. Australia even stopped people traveling between provinces completely. The country undertook a fully nationalized effort to suppress the virus. And it was strict, and it was hard, and you know what? It worked. We just cannot forget. We just cannot forget what these people did. And as always, guys, that's why they want to censor people. That's why they want to shadow ban people. That's why they want to be the arbiters of what's misinformation or not. He's lauding Australia, which had the most draconian lockdowns, maybe in the West, perhaps Canada had a little bit more. I would say Canada probably had a little bit more. Um, but he, he's, and there he's, at the same time he's doing that, he's, he's showing you a picture of Trump, the man he has run around calling Hitler and a white supremacist, and, all, and he's saying that Hitler's not doing enough. Hitler, what are you doing, Hitler? Can you just get out there and exert more control over us, Hitler? Because that's what everybody wanted in World War II. Just insanity. Uh, here is Anthony Fauci yesterday. Apparently, Chris Cuomo from CNN, and you saw his brother Andrew Cuomo there, the disgraced former governor of New York, although everything being equal, he was a hell of a lot better than this crazy woman, Kathy Hochul. Well, he got booted from New York, and Chris Cuomo got booted from CNN, but these people keep appearing like weeds. You can't stop them. So Fauci went on Cuomo's show. And finally, Cuomo, who was all for lockdowns, hiding information about his brother and the, the nursing homes and all that stuff, suddenly now he's independent. So now he's, he's getting some balls. But if you treated people more as adults, Tony, sorry to interrupt, but if you treated people more as adults, I mean, like, look, we don't know 100%. I think it's better if you have a mask um, it's better if you keep some distance, but I don't really know. Uh, if we had treated people like adults and given them the information as qualified, like you guys do about everything else in our medical lives, nobody gives you 100% of anything. Everything's percentages. Don't you think maybe we would have avoided the lockdowns, that we would have avoided some of the more extreme measures because people would have been told all along, listen, this is a, you know, this is a dicey proposition. We don't really know about these things. I have to disagree with you, Chris. I love you, but I got to disagree with you. Go ahead. Because <laughs> the fact is that by saying you don't know doesn't really change whether or not you're going to lock down. Lockdowns got a bad reputation. But remember, when we put a pause on things for 15 days and then an additional 30 days, it was at a time when the hospital system in New York was being overrun. And the only way you stop that is by essentially stopping the virus in its tracks. You can do that by locking down, but lockdown has to be the last resort and it can never be permanent. Okay, so there's so much nonsense there and Fauci probably should end up in jail if there is justice here. Uh, first off, when the hospital systems in New York were being overrun, where is the video anywhere in the world of hospitals that were overrun with deaths? Nowhere in Africa where maybe their clean water isn't as clean, uh, where that, you know, somewhere in Eastern Europe where their practices are a little bit different than ours. Uh, where are any of the hospitals? Where's one city in the United States? Where's the back, uh, the backwater place in Alabama that they're just really backwards rednecks, according to these people, that didn't clean their hands and everything else, where the whole town was taken out? Why is there no video of that anywhere? And then at the end that he dare... 
he dare say the last option is lockdowns? That was the first option for them. Remember two weeks to slow the spread? That was the first thing they decided. And the vaccines didn't work and the lockdowns didn't work and the masks didn't work. Fauci had the gall, you may remember this, just two or three months into this thing when he's demanding everyone mask and literally on air, he's talking about double masking. A friend of his asks, emails him, these emails have come out. A friend of him asked, I think they were going to Mexico. Do the kids have to wear masks? And he says they basically don't work because you know, mask, when you put a mask on, you're still getting air. This way and air this way and all of this stuff. So everything he says is a lie and he's just trying to save his ass now. And yes, he did somehow get $5 million richer over the last two years. That's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, he did manage to do that and have the largest, highest salary as a federal employee and the highest uh, pension as a federal employee. Um, but it's not that uh, the Democrats are just killing the economy because of locking people down and, and we're just seeing the re repercussions of those two years. It's because the energy policies right now are absolutely horrible. But don't take my word for it. Yeah, I'm just some crazy right-wing YouTube guy. Talk to uh, or listen to uh, former Obama economic advisor, Larry Summers, talking about what Biden is doing. We are paying more to dangerously ship oil and natural gas on trucks because the ability to site pipelines is being held up. We are burning more coal because permits to frack and get natural gas aren't being granted. Uh that's an Obama guy. I'm pretty sure Obama's in charge of Biden. So what in the high hell is going on here? You know, that's not some crazy right winger on Fox Business. That is an Obama guy saying, Biden, you and your policies, you are the ones doing this. Uh, do we have the numbers on the, uh, the debt? Because I put up a lot of zeros on the sheet. Could we, do we got the number? Yeah, here's the U.S. debt clock. Uh, today's national U.S. debt uh, it's over $31 trillion. That's 31140002047263. Although we did this, uh, we put this together about, you know, 20 minutes ago. So it's higher than that right now. Uh, the point is these people are spending like drunken sailors who spend an awful lot with their R and their hooks and all the stuff that they've got, you know. Uh, how much did Joe Biden spend this year to fix the thing? that he actually made worse? Well, we've got some info from USA Facts. The federal government spent 6.8 trillion in 2021, or just about $20,000 per person. It's funny that they don't give you that $20,000, right? Or they don't let you keep your $20,000. They always take it and somehow figure out a way to do something with your 20 grand. The federal government spends 68% more than it collected in 2021, resulting in a $2.8 trillion deficit. Uh, let me just address that for a second because people are always confused by this because the Democrats then run around, Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden and Obama and all of them, they run around saying, it's because we're not getting enough money. It's those rich people and the one percenters, they're avoiding taxes, even though they pay more taxes than everybody. If you're in the bottom third, you don't pay any taxes, basically people in the 1%, which also the 1% thing is a total misnomer. You're in the 1% at about 400 grand a year. I know most people would love to be making 400 grand per year, but that is not ultra, ultra, ultra wealthy, obviously, right? Yes, you're doing just fine if you're making 400 grand per year. Um, but it is not a 
revenue issue, it's a spending issue. There is no amount of money that you could give the government where the government would be like, oh, we're good guys. Uh, you know what? Uh, well, we do have enough, and, but we've got a little extra actually, and we're gonna give some of it back to you. Uh, no, it does not exist. The government operates in a way that it is a giant sucking machine. Just Google sucking and see what comes up. Uh, no, don't Google sucking and see what comes up, okay? Don't do that. Uh, but the point is the government just wants more and more and more. There is never enough. If you took all of the billionaire's money, it would still not be enough. So how much have we spent so far in 2022? Because I was giving you the 2021 numbers. Well, we've got data from the fiscal data treasury. Uh, the US government has spent 5.35 trillion in fiscal year 2022 to ensure the well-being of the people of the United States. Are you guys getting it yet? The well, they've spent 5.35 trillion. That's a lot of dough. You got 5.35 trillion? What am I paying you people? The point is guys, there's no amount that you can give them or that they can steal from you that would be enough. And then when they do that stuff, do you feel like it really worked? So they did this giant inflation reduction act. Do you feel like things are much better? Is anything across the board much better? Did prices go down on certain things? Um, do you have more money in your pocket, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But let's go back to that Muppet Chris Hayes guy, because maybe this isn't only about how Republican candidates are out there to destroy the world and be mean and be racist and wreck the economy. Maybe it has a little something to do with the people that are in office right now, the Democrats who are running things and the people that they are trying to bring in for the next couple years. Uh, here is video of John Fetterman, who is a Pennsylvania Senate candidate running against Dr. Oz and uh, well, just watch. The Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. At first, I just wanted to check in and see how, how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing, fa I'm doing fantastic. And, and uh, it's not about kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. And make sure you take advantage of this amazing opportunity to the only thing you have, Stan, to lose is your record. What is wrong with demanding for an easy, safe kind of their income, a path to a safe place for them to win. And I can champion the union way of life in Jersey, in, excuse me, in DC. If you come out and step with us, we will be able to stand with you in D.C. Uh, that guy is basically neck and neck with Dr. Oz right now. Now, I do want to be clear about one thing. He had a stroke a couple months ago. I am not belittling in any way the, the repercussions of the stroke. This is to illustrate, should this person be running for office? We already know what's going on with Biden. There is something wrong there. Do we need more of this? On top of the fact that he's always wearing the hoodie, he doesn't come off as professional at all. He also, his, his litany, if you were just to look at the list of stuff that he's into, this guy wants to put all the, the criminals back out on the streets. He wants every, every equity-based nonsense policy of the progressives is what this guy wants. Uh, but for some reason, the machine is pushing him over and over and over and over. Uh, here's video, this is from uh, just uh, about two days ago, I think, of Fetterman talking about his stroke. 
His campaign required that he be allowed to use a transcription program on his computer during our interview. I always thought it was pretty empathetic, uh, uh, emphatic. Uh, I think I was very, excuse me, empathetic. Uh, you know, that's an example of the stroke, empathetic. Yeah. I, I always thought it was very empathetic uh, before having a stroke. But now after having that stroke, I really understand, you know, much more kind of the challenges that Americans have. Okay, so again, I am not making fun of anyone for having a stroke. My dad had a very severe stroke 25 years ago. Thank God he's okay. Um, so that it's not about that. Is The point is, should this guy, with whatever is going on with him, put aside the bad policies. So you have, you have all the bad policies. That's just standard Democrat stuff at this point. But should this person be in the U.S. Senate? It doesn't really seem like he should. You know, it's interesting about that. So he was getting the transcription on the computer. Now the transcription just meant that her words were being translated so he could read them. So I don't even know what he was reading as he was all confused there. It's, it's a real mess. Uh, but here, once again, you see how the machine protects certain people with certain points of views. And the machine is protecting him just because they don't want Dr. Oz. And Dr. Oz, by the way, is no like standard bearer of Republicanism. I mean, he's, he's sort of a lukewarm moderate. I, I think the guy's pretty decent, actually. Uh, but like, it's not like he's some, you can't say that's a crazy MAGA far-right Republican, but the machine obviously wants Fetterman more than him. So they will do everything they can to sort of make you not see what you can see right in front of your eyes. Here's CNN's Dr. Sanjay Gupta uh, basically explaining what's going on with Fetterman to kind of make people feel more okay with it. Listening to him, he sounded like he was fairly fluent in his speech, able to speak pretty clearly. Every now and then he would have a little word sort of mashup, as he calls it. But what's interesting, let me show you here something. Um, the stroke, uh, which was on May 13th, so about five months ago, uh, seemed to affect his ability to sort of comprehend or uh, understand spoken speech. So what he seems to be doing then is then sort of relying more on his visual part of his brain, which is back here, to read the words. And then he's responding pretty quickly. Okay, again, not making fun of the stroke, but you see they're running cover for him. This is the guy that they want. So they're going to bring out the brain and he's using this and not using this and it's okay. And it was just a couple words. And sometimes he doesn't know where he is or what state he's in and blah, da 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 do. Okay. Uh, do you think they would be doing that or that they did that? When Remember when Donald Trump drank a glass of water with two hands? Now look, I just for the record, Wow, vodka this early in the morning, huh? Uh, but remember that Donald Trump once drank water with two hands like this. Half of blue check Twitter and mainstream media was calling for the 25th Amendment that he was not fit to serve. Do you think Sanjay Gupta would have got up there and been like, Trump is okay? They, they were constantly calling for his impeachment, saying that he was unfit for office, all of that stuff. So I'm just showing you how the, how the, the, the jig is up. It's like, we see it guys, we see it. And if you really want to see how the jig is up, this was the first video that I, I saw this morning. This is so incredible that you just got to get, get comfortable in your seat. Everybody just kind of like chill out for a moment. This is so absolutely wonderful. This is video from yesterday. AOC did a town hall in the Bronx in her home district. And you'll see basically nobody showed up and the few people that did were not having it with her nonsense. Congresswoman, none of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. Tulsi Gabbard, she's left the Democratic Party because there are a bunch of war hawks. 
okay? You originally voted, you ran as an outsider, yet you've been voting to start this war in Ukraine. You're voting to start a thermonuclear war with Russia and China. Why are you playing with the lives of American citizens? You're playing with our lives. There will be no neighbors if there's a nuclear bomb. You voted to mobilize and send money to Ukrainian Nazis. You're a coward. You're a progressive socialist. Where are you against the war mobilization? He's telling the right truth. You have done nothing. Tulsi Gabbard has shown guts where you've shown cowardice. I believed in you, and you became the very thing you sought to fight against. That's what you've become. You are the establishment, and you are the reason why everybody will end up in a nuclear war unless you choose to stand up right now and denounce the Democratic Party. Will you do that? Yes or no? Today is a great day. I mean, that is so beautiful. Now, first, let me address a couple of things. Uh, I don't know, maybe 30 people in there, right? So nobody in her own district is listening to her anymore. The squad, and I've been trying to explain this from the beginning, the squad was a corporate idea and a big tech idea. The average person doesn't want their kid's genitals chopped off. The average kid doesn't want their child, uh, the average adult doesn't want their kid dying in Ukraine and all of the other equity-based nonsense and all of the drivel the, and, and the hatred of America and all that stuff that AOC and Omar and Tlaib have put out there. So they don't really have support. Yes, she has won two elections. I, I give her credit for that. In a very small district, she won these two elections. So it's not like there's literally nobody, but it certainly is not as big as the machine would have you believe. Put her on every cover of everything and constantly put her on the Sunday news shows and everything else. The young people that are yelling at her there are quite right. I thought the progressives, weren't the progressives supposed to be nice and anti-war? Why would we be giving all this money and weapons, and again, we haven't declared war, to the Ukrainians when we're not exactly sure who they are and there are some Nazi elements there and it's all very strange and suddenly the more that this keeps going on, the more that we're suddenly talking about nuclear war and World War III. I thought the progressives were supposed to be out there screaming uh, against war, but that's not really what they're about when they're in power, is it? Uh, what's really beautiful about that is AOC's response to that guy basically was, you're being rude so I don't have to respond to you. Uh, this is the same AOC who repeatedly has done what Maxine Waters has done and many other progressives, which is you get up in their face and you show up at their events and you don't give them any quarter and all of those things. So AOC, you have opened up a Pandora's box, baby, and it's on you now, so good luck. The inmates are running the asylum and uh, they're going to have you for lunch. So let's go full circle here, people. What do you do? Well, you don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat. Who is the guy that came up with that? That's good, man. We got to Google that. Uh, here is Tulsi on Rogan, again, explaining how the Democrats are ruining America. The Democratic Party that I joined doesn't exist anymore. The party that was, um, you know, the party of JFK, of Dr. Martin Luther King, the party of inclusivity, the big tent party that welcomed and encouraged this marketplace of ideas and conversations and people who held different views the party of, uh, you know, that championed women and equality and the rights of people in our society. That party just, it doesn't exist anymore. And instead we have a party that's being led by, by people who have gone insane with this ideological uh, fanaticism. And 
there are a lot of different issues, a lot of different examples. You know, the whole issue of, of uh, biology and uh, the trans issue is just one of them. There are so many different others. You know, parents don't have a, you don't have a right to raise your kids now. You don't have a right to say what they're being taught in schools now. The state, the government, the, the, the teachers unions, only they have that right and responsibility. They're undermining families. Uh, they don't believe in the rule of law. Yeah, defund the police, the Supreme Court. We don't agree with them, so they're illegitimate. Guys, that's the chick that's leaving the party, right? It's like if she was there, like, I think I could turn these guys around. They're listening and they're good, decent people, and I enjoy being with them. Maybe more sane centrists would be going in that direction. But that is not what's happening. Of course, Tulsi is right about all of those things. And, and to briefly mention the two people, of course, that she brought up at the top, JFK, JFK, John F. Kennedy, who is a Democrat, asked not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. That is the polar opposite, 180 degree opposite of the modern Democrat party. The modern Democrat party says the government must take from you and then somehow give you some stuff back. If Bernie Sanders was to say that on stage, they would lynch him. And they'll probably lynch him anyway because you can sense that the lynching, I mean this uh, metaphorically, like they're coming after them now because they're realizing that the progressives who purported to be all of these nice things, that they're not. They're actually for war and they're for more government money and all of these things. So they'll take out AOC and they'll take out Bernie and they'll take out everybody. The Bernie one was obvious from way back when. Like at the end of the day, he was always going to turn into an old white guy and that's all that he is. Um, so an old white socialist. Is there anything more miserable? Can you imagine just having dinner with an old white socialist? I don't mean it white. Like, I don't care about the skin color. Just an old, bitter socialist. Can you, like, no. Uh, anyway, uh, that was JFK. And then, of course, she also men mentions Martin Luther King Jr. And Martin Luther King Jr., what did he want for his children? I think he wanted them not to be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Well, is that what the Democrat Party of 2022 wants. No, of course, it's the complete reverse. You are allowed to burn down certain cities if that fits in with your political ideology. We are gonna have equity-based hiring. We are gonna hire people based on the color of their skin or whether or not they chopped up their genitals or what gender they are and everything else. So she's making a lot of sense. Speaking of sense, we got a little more from her is they don't believe in freedom of speech, they don't believe in freedom of thought, they don't believe in freedom of religion. All they believe in is you've got to buy into whatever they're selling at any given day. And, and like I said, not only, it's not enough to agree. You've got to go out there, you've got to march in the parade, you've got to carry the sign, you've got to scream and yell, and don't you dare even think about talking to Republicans. Don't don't even think about working with Republicans because that that directly undermines their their authority. Sound familiar? Sound familiar from some guy that they six, seven years ago was a lefty who kept saying, hey, there's problems here, guys. I'm gonna go talk to some Republicans. I'm gonna talk to some conservatives and see what they're like. And then it turns out that they're not actually like what the machine wants you to believe that they are like. Does that sound a little bit familiar? Yeah, kind of, it's kind of ringing true to me. It's weird how that's happening. Uh, what's also interesting about what she said right there, you know, we showed you the clip, uh, and you, if you haven't watched the full Club Random with Bill Maher, uh, please do, it's two hours, but I promise you, you'll dig it, and we do a lot, and I know there are moments that uh, you, some of you thought that he was like a little too jokey with me instead of focusing on whatever, it's all good. We, we have a friendship out of it to start building some of these bridges as Tulsi and Rogan are trying to do. Uh, but if you caught that piece, we, sh we shared a clip on social media. At the end where I say to Bill, hey, you know, Bill, you know, you could have always shown up 
to a Trump rally. And a certain amount of people there would have been like, F Bill Maher and he, whatever, okay. But an awful lot of people would have been like, Bill Maher's here, that's pretty cool. Is he on his way? Is he getting red-pilled? And that really is true, people. That really is true. He could have shown up to any one of those things. I am not a traditional Republican and I would show up to those things and be treated like a freaking king, okay? But what would happen to Bill Maher, as I said to him, if he showed up to an AOC rally? He would be exactly what Tulsi just said. You have to believe what they believe the second they believe it or you are out. So now Tulsi gets it, Rogan's getting it, more and more people are getting it, Mar is starting to get it, get it. And I think that really does lead us to this brighter future, the future on the other side of this thing. When we've looked, when this is all just but a distant memory and we're like, oh, we've completely put that woke shit behind us and that racist shit behind us. We stopped letting children pretend that they're adults. We stopped chopping off genitals, all of the stuff. A little more from Tulsi. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the Democratic Party. Is that this big announcement? Yeah. You're leaving the Democratic Party? I'm leaving Party. the Democratic Party because I've tried to enact that change from within. It's not, I, 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 I don't see the Democratic Party as being savable. And I know that I can make an impact uh, more from the outside. And, I, and, and frankly, I just, I can't be associated and stand by uh, this, this insanity that's been going on and continues to worsen day by day. Are you going to be an independent? Yep. So this is not for trying. That's her, that she didn't try, right? That's her point. It's not that she did not try. She did try. She was a member of Congress serving with the squad. She tried to talk some sense into them. She tried to talk some sense into the leadership. And what did she get for it? She got Hillary Clinton literally calling her a Russian asset. So if that's what a Russian asset sounds like, I guess we're all Russian assets if you're saying you're a Russian asset. Congratulations. One more time, guys. Somebody once said, you don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat. Got to put that on a bumper sticker. Uh, stick around for a cold close and a couple comments from the rubenreport.locals.com community. Uh, EK says, my baby finally noticed Dave on the TV and stopped crying. I, I am a wizard at getting babies to stop crying. Something good's going on there. I think it's partly because I'm, I'm doing all this stuff during the day, right? So I'm in and out of the studio. I'm bouncing around. So David's down there with the kids. Kids are crying. And then I just come in and I'm like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Lift me up, lift me up. Ooh, oh, can't see me. And so the kids are always smiling when I'm around. It's, it's, it's tough. I think they, David said they call this the pickle jar theory or something, that the woman usually is always in the kitchen and she can't get the pickle jar open. You know about this? But then, so then she asked the man to come in and the man's just like, yep, right there. Because she was working it the whole time. I think we're having a degree of that around here. Kathy says, LA is like a different country at this point. Yeah, I have no desire to go back. I told Mar I'll go back to play basketball with him, but I have no desire otherwise to go back. Remember, so when, a uh, <laughs> little sidebar, but when we went back a couple of weeks ago for the Mar thing, and I did some stuff for PragerU, Phoenix and I are having lunch at uh, Pan Cotidien, did I pronounce that correctly? And uh, we have our bags with us because we're traveling. We hadn't hit the hotel yet. And we walk into the place, the server or the, the host, basically, I open the door, the server sees that we have bags and he's like, where are you guys coming from? And I was like, I was like, Florida. And he's like, oh, I'll try not to say anything bad about Florida. And I, without hesitation, I was like, well, I'll try not to say anything bad about LA. And then uh, we didn't see him again, right? He didn't, he never came back to the table. 
that, that's what's going on over there. Uh, Jeannie says, people are completely blind to the environmental damage done by environmental laws, especially younger people. They've been indoctrinated and taught to fear fossil fuels by the education system. Yeah, that's not exactly what we were talking about today, uh, but I would recommend any of you go to humanprogress.org uh, and find out what really is going on with the environment and, and this myopic view that if we only could wreck our economy in the name of saving the environment, that we could stop climate change, which has always been going on, or that somehow if these people just had enough money, that the United States would be able to lead the world on this while other countries, India, China, et cetera, are gonna still go through their industrial revolutions and they need fossil fuels perhaps in ways that we don't anymore and what right would we have to tell them not to do it? You got it, you got it. Uh, guys, do me a favor. Despite the fact that uh, yesterday was our best day ever and this month has been our best month ever, uh, we'd still like you to like and subscribe. What's that? Two days ago. Two days ago was yes. It was two days ago was our best day ever. Thank you for not letting me get away with that one. Really, you guys, guacamole on me. Uh, two days ago was our best day ever. I would assume yesterday went pretty well. Anyway, uh, rumble.com slash Ruben Report, rubenreport.com slash locals. Uh, have a great day, everybody. And we leave you with the elderly man pretending to be president. And we did, and by the way, I'm not sure I would have understood how important this was has I not gotten to see these, see these parks until I understood the breathtaking nature of it. To stand there on the edge of a cliff in the Rio Grande, to, you know, looking at one thing, and it's just, there's not many cliffs, but then head up to the, uh, the Grand Canyon. It's a cathedral. It, I mean, it takes your breath away. I've climbed it from the river up and I've looked at it from the, uh, from the top down. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com dot com.